Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of our Bears Corner. Um, joining me today is Callum, who's a regular on the Bears Corner now, and he's also a blogger, and he's done a cracking blog on the, the, the Nice game, a match report on the Nice game. And we have uh, Danny with us, who some of you will know is uh, only an excuse. Am I right, Danny, on that? Yeah, yes, only an excuse, not the TV show. Not the TV show on Twitter. We might get to how the name came about for that, though. Because I <laughs> see, see when I followed you in my personal account, I, mean, I thought that was linked. <laughs> and then you find out it's no. It gets confusing. A lot of people do. Um, I get, do you, have you ever heard of Scotty McClue? Yes. Aye. He asked on Clyde too, wasn't he? I was on Scotty FM or something. He was on one of the local stations and he contacted me on Twitter and asked me to come on. I was alright, I ain't bothered, but I didn't know what it was about. I thought it was about football or whatever. Um, no, he wanted to talk to me about comedy shows in the BBC, you know, the rest of them sitting there like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had to cut in about 30 seconds. I says, look, I'm not with the TV show. He was live on air, I know. And fair play to me turned it in, but I, <laughs> it does cause confusion. That's probably it. 30 seconds, I know, this is the way you get us, mate. And he just runs with stuff. That's probably it. That's far, man. Um, obviously, a lot's happened since last week, uh, since we spoke. We've had two football games to take in, which, how good was it just to actually see Rangers play a game, man? I know it's not in person, but how good was it? Finally, aye. It was uh, good to catch a game, see us win, and so well against two decent teams. Aye. Carl, how good was it, man? Because we were buzzing about it last week, we were excited. It was brilliant. We just we wanted to we wanted to see our team. I was watching some football last night because I just I've just missed it so much. I was watching uh, who was on last night. It was, was Wolves in Crystal Palace last night, right? Just because I wanted to watch football. It must have been the fucking worst game I've ever watched in my entire life, honestly. And I was like, Do you know what? I don't miss football this much. Not to watch this, <laughs> but to see to see Rangers again, it was it was class. Ah, oh, it's brilliant, man. It was absolutely brilliant. We'll get to the games, obviously. I did a Leon pod with Gregory Vidal, so we'll kind of touch on that a wee bit, but we'll go into the Nice game a wee bit more because it was obviously, as I say, Callum's, Callum's expert uh, blog that, that, that was up on the website for that. But before we get to that, we're going to start with this. Mm-hmm. 
Hatfield podcast. Bears corner, Brain Teaser. And the Cavs done quite well with this, Danny. He's, uh, okay. he's got six out of seven on the Engl- ex-England England internationals that won England caps while playing at Ibrooks. And last week, I guess the Who Am I was Michael Ball. So I've just thought, fuck it. And I've went for somebody for the, what, the Joint Rangers in the 70s this year. The car was oh. born in 1998. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> so, again, six clues. So I'll give you three of them out, right? And then we'll revisit it, right? So he signed as a 16-year-old in 1975. And he was signed by Jock Wallace. He was a fullback who could play in both flanks. And he suffered a fractured skull during a pre-season tour of Canada. Jock Wallace. <laughs> so that's, that's, as I say, 75 enjoyed Rangers, but that's um, where the, the teaser is this week. So, signed, signed 75 by Jock Wallace. Can play, he did play as a fullback on either, either flank and he fractured his skull um, and a pre-season tour of Canada. Now, there'll be some people who, <clears> this is going out tomorrow, but there'll be some people who listen to it who will be like, I know who that is straight away because they'll be all the bears and know that. Um, MD, any other thoughts? I know what I look old, but I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> the skull fracture's ringing a bell somewhere, but I don't know if she get belted in the head. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Well, we'll go back to it. I've got another three crews clues, but we'll go back to it um, later on. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch a wee bit in the Leon game. I've said my piece on it. Anybody wants to hear any more from me because I've done the pod on it. So I'm going to leave it to you too. So, Cal, I'll come to you first. What was your thoughts on the on the Leon game? Uh, the first thing I noticed, um, and I'm sorry, I haven't I haven't been able to make any notes, but I'm just going back from memory. The first thing I noticed was I was I was quite happy with the way we played, only in the sense that we played different type of football. I think, from what we were used to last season and before that. Um, one thing I did notice is that when we did lose the ball, straight away, getting it back, and our counter-attack was just so fast. Now, it didn't always work. I mean, we could have scored a lot more goals than we did. But this, the pace that we broke with was just so brilliant to watch. It was quite exciting so that we were getting into their half every few minutes so it was it was we've, we keep saying that we don't care about exciting football but it's nice to have someone that's, that's fun to watch as well is it yeah 100% as long as as long as we win we're saying but of course pre-season mm-hmm. all about winning it's been getting fitness it's been getting match practice we've been out for what 18 weeks or something like that so it's about getting the players back involved again and Danny obviously we're watching the game and stuff they just want impressive no matter what level that was at Aye, definitely. And a team like Leon, we beat them years ago and it was impressive then. It's just as impressive now, especially um, with all the time that's passed and everything. Defensively, I thought we did well. I know yep. we've not got Katic now and we replaced the back four pretty much and we were fine. We've got an improving goalkeeper. So I think that was just as important. Um, we had you playing on one side and Kent on the other. I thought that gave us a bit more balance than we had before. Hadji was here last year, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's good to see that, you know. Uh, whereas before that, we were focused more doing the right way, Tavernier and well, before that, Candias as well, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, 100%. I think as well, finishing the game, and I touched it on the podcast, but finishing the game with Nathan Patterson, Lewis Mayo, Ross McCrory, and Calvin Bassey is the back four. We, of course, is, as you said, Danny John McLaughlin behind them, who's an experienced goalkeeper, I but. No at Rangers, no playing for Rangers. It's 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 a different kettle of fish, and they boys stood up to them. You know they really did, and I was impressed with how they. I mean, they brought on Memphis Depay and that fucking Moussa Dembele, and, and and we bring on Mayo and Patterson, and the boys were incredible, man. I I just took heart for that as a Rangers sport at our academy. Again, it's preseason, I know that, and we kind of get carried away, but they boys stood up to them. They were excellent. Carl, we've spoke about it before about the, the need for maybe the younger boys to come in. Obviously. This year, maybe know the year because of it was at stake, but it was still nice to see the boys come on and, and do that job. It was. I'm I'm quite surprised. I thought you'd said that we they brought on Musa Dembele. I didn't I didn't see him at all there. No, that's a good point. I said maybe it was new Um Big Mayo's pocket. I have. I don't want to do them a disservice. I do keep saying that it's not the right year, but it just depends who we're bringing on. I trust Stephen Gerrard to, that he wouldn't throw them in at the deep end if um, if it wasn't right for them, but. I don't think there's been anybody that's come on so far from the academy that hasn't impressed. So yeah. it, it does look bright for us. Um, yeah. yeah, I was quite happy. 
Uh, we moved on to uh, Nice and we knew, and we all wanted it, we knew that a win would guarantee that prestigious trophy. And we've been chasing it for years, we've never had it. And, well, we've never chased it for years because it was the first competition yet, but hey ho, we got it, and we got it in the end, and we won the competition. Now, I said on Twitter, I, it doesn't mean it in the grand scheme of things, and it won't mean it come the end of the season, but any tournament Rangers are in, it's, we, we expect to win it, and it's good to see that even in pre-season, players just still stand up, just go and win it, just for the sake of winning it. There's no one there's knows if they've been criticised for no winning it, as long as we, we, we the whole object of exercise to get fitness, etc., and match practice. But as long as we got that, we were delighted. But just have the whole shit housery that Rangers win every competition go in. Just get that back into the mentality again and just go with it. Do you know what I mean? And that, Danny, for me, that was a pleasing side to see them actually go and say, no, let's just go fucking win the thing. It's always good to get <clears throat> get a trophy, but especially if that mob are in it, you know. Um, I know we didn't play them, but it was definitely, I only had a look at their results, but, you know, we were. Attacking football, we played well, we scored goals. Aye, absolutely brilliant. You can't ask for me at this, this uh, in a pre-season tournament. So Jermaine Defoe obviously got the got the opener and then um, oh, some finish But Jermaine Defoe. He does what he, what he usually does. He's just he's there in that box, um, alive, ready to bounce whenever something lands at him. Callum, what's your kind of memories of that first goal and, and, and kind of the build-up to it? That's probably the, if I was to take anything away from that, that game, it would be that goal because we didn't try and launch a ball into Jermaine Defoe and that is yeah. a welcome sight to any Rangers fan that we're not trying to play him as if he's Manelos, as if he's Giroud, as if he's somebody that's not four foot fuck all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We play our players to their strengths and we'll get better players out of them and that's exactly the type of goal that Jermaine Defoe has been scoring since before I was born. So... It's a promising sight to see that we are we're playing the right way. I would say, um, and Defoe himself, you'll be a lot happier playing like that. Yeah, yeah. You'd get a lot more goals out of Defoe if if you do play him the way he wants to be played. So I was quite happy with the goal, and I was I was pleased for him as well. You need, it's good that he's gotten a goal because he's not everybody's kind of not writing him off this season. But assuming he's going to play quite a sporadic role, but there's still a player in there. Yeah. 100% having him in or in the squad and or in the young boys I think is a is a major uh, for us but obviously the second goal and I meant to touch them when we were talking about the Leon game and I meant to touch them on the pod as well and I, and I forgot about it but we've had another victim in the Camara turn did you see that turn? Wow absolutely incredible the last person I've seen go doing like that was Scott Brown <laughs> and Leon went doing like that and, and in the, obviously then in this game he sets up the goal the second goal plays Anthony for Jonas and for Jonas with a really tidy finish. Danny, come on, Tom. I mean, oh, honestly, sometimes I shout, no shout, but sometimes you, you have to that a wee bit of Kamara because you think, come on, you've got it in there. Just get that heart of a line about you and just go for it. But see when he plays, he's fucking unbelievable. He's brilliant. If you get your, if you get the 50k Kamara and you have your nuts, you get the 50 million one. You know what I mean? That's a different story. But when he's on his game, you know what I mean? It is unplayable. And I hope we see more of them, more of that out of him this season anyway. Um, but just seeing things like that, it's just, it's, you know, it gets you going because you're looking forward to a season with it. God knows how many months of, you know, all this crap and the football's back. And <clears throat> sorry, um, I'm getting all emotional here, so it's not much of a thought, honestly. <laughs> um, but uh, he's a cracking player on his day. Uh, see what Rangers day is, even a pre-season tournament. <laughs> oh, no. Brings back all that emotion. <laughs> Callum, the, the Kamara turn, we've got to touch on it. And then obviously the, the finish by Jonas, which was just as good to be fair, but the, the, the turn is fucking unbelievable. Fanny said that there's, there's a player in there that you just, honestly, you just don't know what you're going to get. You'll, you'll get 50 million or 50,000 and it's just, it's annoying to see if a player isn't good enough, then you can't, you can't blame him sometimes. He's just not good enough. Yeah. then he shouldn't be here but he is good enough um, and I, I'd like to think that he'd, he'd go into this season knowing that we've signed higher quality players like Haji and think right I need to up my game if I'm going to get a chance to play so yeah. in, um, improving the quality of the squad doesn't just bring with it good players you'd think if you've got the right players in your team They'll up their game to try and to try and stay in their position. So it's a win-win, isn't it? I like it's already started that. To be honest, 
and he's he's a, he, as Yusuf said, he's a he's a player, and if we can get him on his game, what an asset in our midfield really is. What an asset um, alongside you, because obviously Davis is not going to be around forever, you know. And Ryan Jack does what he does. Scotty Arfield in there as well, and you know there's an array of talent in there. But we need we need. I just think sometimes, and I've said it before in the pod, our team isn't shy in ability, isn't lacking in any ability. It's it's the other side of the game, the, the balls, do you know what I mean? Going when it's when it's the pressure's on, taking the ball, going and, and making things happen, going and dragging us through it. If you can't win the game playing silky football, we need to do the dirty side of it and get the three points by all means. By any means, sorry, necessary. And that's that's where I feel we fall eight at times. And I'm hoping that this year the mentality shifted slightly and Gerard's managed to work that one out. But speaking of Gerard, they said after it about the, the, his, his interview. And a few people were, were kind of maybe disagreeing with him on Twitter, but I think the majority were, were in agreement with the manager. I'll read a wee bit from it. He says, in, in terms of the academy, I want to bring academy players in. First and foremost, they've got to commit to the football club. If you don't commit to the football club, you won't be seen anywhere near me. They've got to be good enough. Uh, they've got to train every day like it means the world for them to play for Rangers. I've been hearing a few things down at the academy that there's been an ego about, so they won't be around me. Now, that's quite damning on, our, on some players or whoever he's talking about in our academy. We mentioned Kai Kennedy last week. We know there's an issue there that he won't commit to the football club, and I think Gerard pretty much confirmed that um, in, his, in his interview. Calm, going back to what we were talking about last week, what's your thoughts on, on Gerard's comments? As soon as I saw that, I wanted to come on here and clarify what I said last week because I think I got it totally wrong. Um, last week, I said something along the lines of, I wouldn't like to see us do to Kai Kennedy what we did to Billy Gilmore, and that's just get rid of him for pennies. I totally got that wrong. I think it's not a case of undervaluing the player. It's perhaps a case of the player or the player's agent overvaluing himself yeah. And if he's wanting silly money, then you just you can't you can't give in to that sort of stuff because yeah. Kai Kennedy wants silly money, and then you, all all of a sudden you've got X, Y, and Z other players thinking, well, if he can get that, I can get that. Do you know what? If if he wants to sign a contract, a contract, I'd be delighted. If he doesn't, well, then you know where the door is. I, yeah. I just think Steve Jarrod was quite right. I think he's he's very fair, but at times he can be brutal, and if you piss about in terms of the contract, um, and you don't show on the field why you deserve the contract you're asking for, then you've got no chance. So I, I totally got that one wrong. I think I sided with the player before even hearing any of the facts. And to be to be quite honest, I don't care whether he signs a contract now or not. I've, having heard what Stephen Gerrard said, he might not have been on about Kennedy, but that, that's fine to me. Danny, surely Kai Kennedy and, and MDL elsewhere the manager's talking about there must look at Nathan Patterson, Lewis Mayo, Ross McCrory, even even Robin McCrory, who's now out on loan, uh, Jamie Burjonis, um probably too many of them I mentioned who were in Leon or who've been involved with the first team. And you must look at that and go, am I going to get any better than that? Uh, well, the thing is, <clears throat> you've got players like them who are at the academy. There's quite a few of them. Over the last few years, there hasn't been a lot of players coming through. And I know we've done a lot of restructuring and all the rest of it. Um, and Gerard always says he's trying to raise standards everywhere throughout the club. And that's fine, but if you're raising wages or you're getting players who are trying to hold you to ransom or whatever, they're only use. At the end of the day, there would be somebody else that is absolutely choking to play for the first team. You know, there's no young guys. I'm trying to th- I can't even remember the example, but there was a young boy at another club in Scotland and he refused to travel with the team. He thought he was a bee's knees and all the rest of it. He went to Chelsea and he disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, Billy Gilmore was a different story. Obviously, he went to Chelsea. He's been a big success, except his injury. But, you know, these young guys, aren't they chasing playing for Rangers? They're chasing money. And yeah. if that's what they're about, then, you know, Gerard's absolutely right. You've no place here. Yeah. I think that's a worthwhile thing to point out that you get two types of players sometimes. The player who would say, right, I'll sign a contract if you'll promise me that I'll get this much money. Or the player will say, right, I'll sign a contract if you promise me that you'll give me a chance next season to play. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I would rather the latter rather than the former. So if he's, if he honestly, if whoever is, whoever has been talked about by Stephen Gerrard 
if he's proven himself to be the former, then we just don't have time for that in this club. We've already got quite a decent sized squad. We're going to be adding to it this this season. There's there's no chance that that we're going to be playing players who don't want to be here for the club. Yeah, if if Andy's no had, you know, I, I listened to the Open Goal podcast with Cy Ferry and Andy Halliday was one of the guests on it recently, and Andy Halliday summed it up perfect for me. And it's a great, that's a great episode. It's a great podcast, but it's a great episode. Um, Andy Halliday came in on trial originally at Rangers when he signed for us again. Um, he wasn't guaranteed a contract. He was guaranteed a contract at two other clubs. He, he said to them, no, I'm going to he, he get this trial. Lasted two days at Rangers and was offered the contract <clears> and said that figures didn't even come in there. He just said, where they assign. You know, I get mm-hmm. the footballers have a life. Andy Hardy had played in England. He played in Scotland, he played in England. He had a life and came back here, signed on the dotted line no matter what because it's his dream and it's all our dreams at the end of the day. If, if Kai Kennedy or anybody else in that academy is trying to hold the manager to ransom, trying to hold the club to ransom, there's been bigger and better players than you who have came through the doors and ended up out in their arse. You know what I mean? Now, regardless what your thoughts are on Joey Barton as a football player or as a person, Joey Barton was one who came in. Now, whether rightly or wrongly he was kicked out, it doesn't matter. The club came before him and he was <coughs> put out. Do you know what I mean? There's been tons throughout the years. That, 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 millions. Barry Ferguson came in as well when he done the thing with Scotland and he got kicked out. That's just what happens. Do you know what I mean? The club comes before him. Ferguson done it down at Manchester United and absolutely blotted players. You know what I mean? World superstars. You don't come before this club. You're at the other end. Beckham his face, don't you? Volleyed about half Beckham's face. <laughs> Kicked out Yap Stam, wasn't it? So, you know, there's, there's been countless um, examples down the line. And I, I was actually, I was, it was refreshing, I believe, to see Gerard come out and say the way he said it in publicly. And people say, why are you doing that in public? It's done for a reason in public. It's done to get a reaction at the academy. It's smart management, and I just hope that it has the correct thing. If, if nobody wants to be there, go. We'll get somebody else, as you said. There's nothing really that thingies. Now, another big talking point, and I don't really want to get stuck on it because I don't want the podcast to be about politics. I don't want the podcast to be about anything other than FIPA, specifically Rangers, right? However, our players have taken a wee bit of stick <coughs> for taking the knee before the game. Now, Regardless of what you think of BLM, regardless of what you think of anything today with that side of it, our players took the knee in support of equality for everybody, no matter race, colour, religion. And I, to be speaking myself, back that 100 million percent. Our players are Rangers players. They should be supported by us, no matter what. When they cross that, like that white line, they put that jersey on, they're ours at the end of the day, and we should be there backing them. The club put a really, really strong statement, which I don't think needs it doesn't need much more, to be honest. It was pretty much self-explanatory what it says. If you don't support that, you're no welcome at Ibrooks. Now, I know that there's been a few new Twitter accounts popping up here, there and everywhere, claiming to be Rangers accounts. I don't believe they are. I really don't. Uh, there's a headline written today in some paper as well, which alludes to Rangers supporters racially abusing Alfredo Morelos. It's never happened. It never will happen. Because Alfredo Morelos is absolutely idolised amongst the majority of support. And that's not because he's colour or he's race or he's religion or whatever. It's because of how good he is as a player, as far as I'm concerned. Just a wee quick update on it. I know, Carl, you're quite vocal about it as well, so I know it's a passionate subject for you. Um, but just a wee quick update, because it isn't a politics, it's not about politics, but just we're right, isn't we? We're right in taking this stance. It should be supported for equality, for, for not just Rangers, but every player, obviously. Absolutely, it's the right thing to do. Um, I, <laughs> so you're winding up here, can you? <laughs> <laughs> what to say and not say. It, it, for some folk, they don't agree with the, the message, whatever, the charity, whatever. For you, it should start and stop with supporting your players. It should start with, you can see that it's important to Conor Goldson, to James Tavernier, to Alfredo Manelos, to Dapo Mabud, whatever, whoever whatever players we've got in a club, you should see that it's important to them and should realise, you know, it's about more than what I think it's about sometimes. So yeah. we really should, we should be backing our players in, in anything. It's nothing to do with just racism or yeah. anything else. We should be backing our players with anything. Do you know what I mean? We give them enough stick on the field and regardless of your opinions on that, we, we should, it should never be spilling out to, to things outside football. Well, Cal, we've spoken about before, a lot of other... Um, and Danny, you'll see it as well on Twitter, but a lot of other 
club supporters focus on the legends of new Rangers players that sign on the dotted line and, and Rangers managers that sign, Pedro Cassini being the last, about what religion they are. Stuff. I believe 99.9% of Rangers supporters don't actually care. As long as they go out there and give 100% for Rangers is all that matters. Danny, what's your thoughts on it? Again, brief, but what's your thoughts on it? The thing is, we've got a bunch of players, people of colour, who <clears throat> have been racially abused while wearing the Rangers blue or away kits or whatever, while playing for us, and we've all been vocal about it, and we've had to support them because it's the right thing to do. And regardless of what your thoughts are, BLM or whatever, your captain is out there. His players are out there, and they've faced it, they've seen it, They've experienced it and they're taking a stand against it. And we need to support them for that. As far as I'm concerned, that's it. hundred percent. I don't think it matters. If Connor Goldson's the man to stick the ball in the net to win fifty five, <clears throat> for Fredo Manelos, James Tavernier, Dapper Mabud, MD, I don't care. Just see when you wear that blue jersey and you cross that right lane, give hundred percent for the Rangers, no matter what your race, religion, whatever it, I couldn't care less. I'm I'm done with all that shite now. Do you know what I mean? And now we've given other people no obvious because I think there's a lot of new accounts as I've said pop up, but now we've got an our kind of couple of sticks of people to back bash off as Rangers supporters and a bash off our club and I don't believe that's right. There's a lot of people in the press who are making mischief now out of Rangers statement yesterday, which was a bang on statement, it was correct, and a few people have criticised for it, which is crazy. It's bang on what the statement says. However, <laughs> don't don't mistake it that Rangers, Rangers, or Rangers fans are racist. You know what I mean? Because that's that's a dangerous game to play as well. Because we're no. But moving on from that, obviously getting back to the to the football tomorrow night, we have a game at Ibrox. Our first game at Ibrox since we played. And by the way, I got it wrong in the pod last week. Don't even know why I said Ibrox. We played Hamilton at Ibrox. His name was Ockham Howie. I knew it was Ockham Howie. <laughs> Just made an arse it. Um, somebody corrected me that and thanks very much for that because I did get it wrong you're right um, <coughs> tomorrow night we play Motherwell at Ibrox um, Scottish Premier League team obviously a team that can be stuffy I think the way Rangers have done the pre-season two games against European opponents over there how we would set up in an away European tie um, and I think we've we done that to a tee now I think it's home at Ibrox against uh, Motherwell team that will I don't know if they'll open up in a pre-season game, but I wouldn't imagine. So I think they would play the same way. Um, try and get the ball down and play it. Aye, but no go gung-ho against us. So I think it's good for the players to, to get that kind of experience again. If, if a, a team like that, a stuffy team like that. Callum, what's your thoughts on the, on the Motherwell game? I, I think you're spot on when you say that you like the way they've done their pre-season. Um, we've, we've shown that we can beat Lyon, we can beat Nice, and that's fine if we want to move to France and pick up Ibrox and put it in Paris, we'll show that we can finish well in the in League One, but that's no use to us. It's a good test, good test for fitness, but this club is based on its league success. It always has been. We're, we love European success. Stephen Gerrard's done so well. Domestic success in cups and everything else is good, but it's the league that we want. Um, and we, we, we've seen so many times that it's it's two different calibers of opposition. We could go and beat Leon 2-0, 3-0, and then come home and, and lose to a Scottish team. Do you know what I mean? We've seen that. We've got players like Kamara is probably the best example I would use, who is excellent against European opposition, but he does struggle against Scottish uh, teams. So it's it's a good thing to find out where we are, to find out where our players are. Um, we, can, we can go and do six months in Europe all we want, but we need to come home, play the play, play the teams that we're going to be playing every other week, and this is this is what's going to get us ready for the season. You know, I think Danny, it's, it's what I said when, when I was talking about the balls and the mentality playing for Rangers. When you when you came up against a, a Leon or take it by Leverkusen, take it Porto this year in the Champions League, eh, the Europa League, you don't. We're not really. Although Rangers fans, we do expect our team to win. Probably when they when they, they should they win right, and we do. However. Your players can go out and play with that kind of freedom. But yet, see when you're coming back home to Motherwell on a Saturday, 50,000 there, they sit in, and we're expected to win, the crowd's on their back. That's sometimes where we're found wanting, I believe. And I think, although the Morrow Night will not be an exact replica of that situation, but I think that's where we need to work on big time. 
Aye, well, you've got Motherwell. They're a team that, you know, when Hasty was with them, I know he's back with them, and they're a bit more creative. So I do hope he makes an appearance. I know he probably won't because he's playing against us, and he probably will not for contractual reasons throughout the season. Um, but it would give us a better idea what Motherwell will be playing like. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you've got any Scottish club and the final third, they've got other players there, and maybe one away up for long ball. It's difficult to break down if you've got eight men standing in front of a goalkeeper. You just can't, you know, make runs, and you can't yeah. expect Kent to skin four players and you know, and that sort of space. Yeah. So we need to see if Gerard's going to have a different, you know, way of approaching these games because a lot of the time that's where we lost points, especially after Dubai. I know that's a bad word. Um, <laughs> I, you know, we've it's chalk and cheese at times with Rangers. You can have an amazing European night and then back in the league. No, so I'll be good to see. Braga beat Braga earlier. Go through, come back, get put out of the cup off of Hearts. That's the kind exactly. of scenario as we're talking about. Do you know what I mean? And and really, if we went out to Braga, it'd be a pat in the back, fair play. Going out to Hearts, end of the fucking world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so there's the levels we need to we need to weigh up, but. Callum, going to the Motherwell game, I think I like the way Gerrard's set up in the first two games. He's kind of went his strongest team because we are only, what, under a week, at the, just over a week, sorry, away from the start of the, the league season proper, you know, up to Aberdeen. We need to get that first 11. We don't have the luxury of dropping, changing and starting with other people. We really do need to get that first 11 fine-tuned and, and ready to go for August the 1st. No, we don't. There's a lot of big European clubs who will... Um... Play, and I'm not saying this is Motherwell, but he'll play against lesser opposition or they'll play their friendlies by just completely rotating. But we don't actually know, set in stone, who our first 11 is. We've all got a good idea who we'd like it to be and whatever. Yeah. But we're, we've bringing, we're bringing in players just now. We're going to bring in more players. We, we just don't know who it's going to be. We've, Katic was going to be either in the starting 11 or definitely around it. He's out. Do you know what I mean? Some, things like that can happen. So we don't have that sort of as you say, luxury where we can chop and change it. We need to nail it down first. We need yeah. to get used to what it is. Um, and in Scotland, we've got this this thing where not not every country has it, but we're we're playing sixty games a season. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of clubs that just that just aren't that at all. Yeah. Um, and any minute that a player can get just now is going to help them on the long run because. You can get a player who can play 30 league games in a season, no problem. But when you're getting into the 60s, that is hard for any player. I don't think there's going to be any player in our squad that's not going to struggle by the time they get to their 59th game. So we need to to nail it down. And another thing is playing against different opposition, i.e. in Europe, domestically, it's going to let these players find out even more who they are. Do you know what I mean? They're going to get that link together and... um, really find out the, the best way to play. So I, I, I do like the way he's set up. We need to find out what our best 11 is. Yeah, I, I think he should do the same as he's done in France and give McLaughlin a game and give McGregor a game because we all know what Alan Al McGregor can do and obviously needs the, the match time as well to get up to speed. But John McLaughlin really, really impressed me and Leon. And, you know, when, when, he, when he was called upon, he, he dealt with things minimal fuss, you know, pushed it away when he had to push it away. He came out and collected it to take pressure off the back line. He's playing with a very inexperienced back line in front of him for the last, what, 20, 25 minutes of the game. I could say with Calvin Bassey on the left as well. I thought Calvin Bassey looked, he's a fucking monster, man, isn't he? Mm-hmm. The I size think, of the boy is frightening. He's a big boy. <laughs> I think possibly a lesson to be learned for Gerard with Fodringham in that Alan McGregor, he is, he's getting on and to be playing 60 games a season, do you know, that is... That is incredible. Even for a 20-year-old, that's hard. So I, I'd like to think that in playing McGregor and playing McLaughlin, he's, he's open to that idea that you know McGregor's not going to be there for every single game. He might get injured. He might just be knackered. So McLaughlin getting a game, because Fodringham, who you know who I think about him, I think he's a, he's a yeah. decent keeper and he was dropped, not unfairly, but... McLaughlin needs to be ready straight away to step in. We keep saying this, you need two class keepers for Rangers. Um, and say if McGregor plays 30 games in a row and is out for one, 
it's just it's just no use for McLaughlin yeah. to to step in there. So hopefully it's a it's a sign that he's he's prepared to to give McLaughlin a game when maybe the pressure's off a bit, just to, just to keep him match fit. Aye. He certainly, I think he'll certainly get games in the cups, um, and we presume Alan McGregor will be number one because that's Alan McGregor at the end of the day. And yeah. He's fucking awesome, and he can pull so many birds a night, so he deserves that jersey anyway. But <laughs> John McLaughlin is decent. Um, we don't know how good he is at pulling birds, I should say, so I can't say that. But he's a decent goalkeeper, so I think we're being played. I mean, as a Rangers supporter, grown up for me, I grew up in the nineties with Andy Gorham. Then you move on, you had Stefan Kloss, really. And since then, we've kind of moved on to Alan McGregor. But I, I feel as well, I've been lucky in Rangers goalkeepers in my lifetime. You know, even Neil Alexander, guys like that. So I think I'll all... mention Ali Maxwell then. <laughs> I was a wee bit young, mind you, to remember him, but I do remember him slightly. But that's a wee bit young. And in the Emmy as well, remember in their days. He was, he's not finished. He's not finished. <laughs> <laughs> Just before he's not finished. Um, so, I one more game um, the morrow night, I think, I think it'll be a good workout. Hopefully, the boys get a win, get, get another good performance, get confidence boosted again a wee bit before we go into Coventry on Saturday, which kind of unknown for us because we don't really know. I've never sat down and watched a fucking Coventry game. I don't know who, I don't know how decent they are. Yeah. So, could be out in here. <laughs> Let's go back to that. We just we don't realise how lucky we are at times to have amazing keepers like who did I grow up with? Cammy Bell, Steve <laughs> <laughs> Simonson. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the moments by the way. Line all the TZ, right? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, <laughs> he put McGregor out of the team too. I saw you. Paula Gwen didn't last her. Um, so, Danny, do you play football manager? I do. I've just recent. I've got an Xbox, and you get Game Pass, and uh-huh. that's on it. And uh-huh. I've just found this out a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago. But I held off and I caved into my impression, started playing it, and I've wasted I don't know a few weeks on it already. <laughs> that's what lockdown was for, I think. Anyway, but by the way, you should get a pen and paper because Callum's next bit is is he he gives you some some right stars to to look at on Football Manager. So, Callum. It's new time for your your feature through the transfer window. The floor's yours. I apologise because my research today was very rushed. I've just we're we're two weeks away for graduating, so I've been doing a lot of studying, and it's not involved too much football research. But we've got two players today. Uh, last week we're on the centre backs. Um, today we're going to go for the right backs. So, Danny, if you hadn't seen the the last feature, usually put forward two players in each position that we could sign to improve the squad or for the future. So usually it kind of goes with one player who could come in just now and displace the person who's in that position and one mm-hmm. player who's quite young who could play for the foreseeable future. So Does see the right-back, Callum? See the right-back? No. Does he have to rhyme me or go away for fuck's sake? Because now we've got for fuck's sake to have. So does he have to, does his right-back, <laughs> is that part of the research? It doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter <laughs> what position he plays in. You still have to say for fuck's sake to have. <laughs> Quality. I was, I was watching the... I was watching the Crystal Palace game last night and they conceded and I was like, fucking tavern here, honestly. So the first player I've got is Joachim Mayel. He's from Genk. I think I've got that one right. I don't know if that's a, it's a funny pronunciation. Um, so he played with Hadji, obviously. He's Danish and he's 23 years old. Um Transfer Mark have got him down as a seven million valuation, so it's unachievable, you would think. It's quite an important position. Um and the reason I picked him is because he's played quite a bit of his games at right mid as well this season. And say if Tavernier was to go this season and Stephen Gerrard listens to no fans and doesn't buy us a right winger, I would like a player who's quite happy to keep doing the same sort of role as Tav, but obviously 
comes at a, you know, some people who just like a defending right back. But if you take Tavernier's goals and assists out, do you know what I mean? You, you lose so much. He's um, appeared 25 times in the league last season. He only had four assists, but it's, it is a totally different game, do you know? So it's, it's, I think he could come here and boss it, to be honest. He did play from right midfield, which is where he got most of his assists. Um, and that, that, that is, to me, would be the type of player, a 23-year-old for 7 million. Do you know what I mean? He's playing as yeah. European football. He's, he would be decent. And the other one I got was uh, Joshua Wagnerman from Hamburg. You might have heard of him. Yeah. So he's the German boy. He's only worth two, 2.5 million on transfer mark. That's why I was quite surprised because he was one of the ones that came to my head first. And I thought, oh, no, he would, they would have him down as like a 25 million valuation. But because he's playing in the second Bundesliga, I imagine he's probably a bit undervalued. And if a player like that, we only have one right back just now because Polster's gone. We've got Patterson. What's going to happen with him this season? I'm, I'm still unsure. You know my feelings about youth players not getting a game because he's, he's... Look how many times Polster got a game last season. And Wagnerman is probably quite the opposite of, um, of Tavernier. He's, he is really defensive. Um, Although he has played in both flanks and even played left wing, but he's he's just not he's not that I wouldn't say that good going forward, but he's just not that focused on it. Um defending's definitely his duties. He appeared sixteen times last season, which is not too bad for a, a nineteen year old. And he I think he managed maybe a goal or two. So honestly, Rangers, please look at him. Two and a half million. Just give him three. Just be nice. <laughs> They're frenzies anyway, Vanberg. Do you know what I mean? We're not pals. We're not pals. We're not blue. For fuck's sake, Vanberg. Does it have the same ring yet? It's got a bit of a ring, but. And that's a spoiler. Right. Still safe, Vanberg. Pro Tav. Pro Tav. So that's what to this week. Football manager players as well. By the way, my latest football manager. This is like, actually shouldn't be in it, but fuck it. The latest football manager save I just want to say that are we in Just thought I'd let you know. So, a fucking inner legend. I just want to say that I'm an I'm an inner legend. So, so any any tips? By the way, I'm fucking. I'll get so Stevie G and extend that to you. And I'll make for any tips that you want. Just come well, on. Well, actually, they quite like Tavernier on Football Manager. I always get. It's usually my second season. I always get offered from Crystal Palace for about twenty-five million. And as much as I want to keep him, I'm just right. Where you go? English. Well, I got about fourteen million for him in my first season. That was the second season. I saw Goldson, McGregor fell out with me for the entire year. Okay, very <laughs> realistic. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> um, and then Tavernier was away the next season. And I think I'll stop it. It was Barisic. Um, he was like, oh, I don't know if I should go or whatever. And I says, well, go if you want. I don't want to stay at a club. It would have bugger off. Away you go, 14 my way and I'll bugger it. You've got Andy Halliday sitting there, you know what I mean? He likes to be here. <laughs> you like that on Football Manager, don't they? I, players falling out of you for change. Do you know what? If I want to put Ryan Jack as my fucking captain, I'll do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I come from Aberdeen now and it's fucking staunch to do that up there, isn't it? Angers them. This week as well on, on the podcast, we've got our, our, our interview with Dean Shields now. Many of the guys have seen it, so they can't really comment, comment on it. But that'll be Thursday morning. Dean Shields, I cannot speak any highly of. He was terrific and quite happy to sit there and talk and be very, very open and honest about his time at Rangers. Because let's face it, his time at the club isn't exactly a time we look back on fondly. Although he was probably no. somebody we would look back on fondly because he was decent for us. And, and he certainly, um, he was another one who fulfilled a dream, another one who just went into Ibrox and said, We're their side. Do you know what I mean? And that's. That's great, and it's no be all and end all for the Rangers player because we know what we would all do that, and it doesn't make us a football player. However, delighted to have um, to, have, to have Dean on the pod. And but any 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 memories of Dean Shields? Any fun memories of Dean Shields? That... Put me in the spot now. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Dean Shields. He was a player sometimes that divided opinion. I think, but he's one of those that. I think he, he he gave quite a bit to the club. Do you know what I mean? He's he, he's one of the players that you like. That 
I'm a huge fan of Halliday and he got a lot of stick as well, but I thought they were quite yeah. similar in that you need to know that if, say, like Halliday's an example, that when we needed a left-back, he was all too happy. Yeah. So, yeah, I do like having those players around the around the club that would just do anything. And Dean yeah. Shields struck me as the same type of player. Yeah. Well, Danny Halliday was asked, and Dean Shields falls in that category as well, but he was asked, is it easier for a Rangers supporter to play for Rangers or is it harder for a Rangers supporter to play for Rangers? Andy Halliday says that he would he went into the harder side of things because we tend to pick on our own a wee bit <laughs> and go, you should fucking know that. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it's hard, I think, for a Rangers fan to pull on that jersey, but it's obviously a privilege. I would be interested to see anyone say that it was easier because I think um, Halliday used to get quite a lot of like, and I don't want to be overly negative, but he did used to get a lot of, um, you know, like you're a Rangers fan, you should know you're not good enough sort of thing. So yeah. that 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 is tough to have that expectation of you to to do what's best for the club. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're not at it at the top of your game, if you're not from left back scoring twenty goals a season, do you know that you should leave. I I would like to see anyone say that it's easier to be a Rangers fan than and to play for the club. Yeah, I suppose, Danny, it's easier in the sense that you know what it's about. However, it doesn't mean to say that you you can go out there and do it. Well, I don't know. I remember, I think it was one day we were putting out flags for flag, some flag display at the stadium or whatever, and I was pitch side, and Matt, I was like, trembling. I'm like, oh, I'm like that way through the grass. <laughs> so fuck knows what it's like playing on it, you know what I mean? Um, but I, as a, you know, if you're a Rangers fan at your club, you don't want to let anybody down, your family, your pals, all the supporters, you, you know, it must be some amount of pressure. Um but to live that dream, I got a pair of lucky bees. Well, you got to remember as well, Halliday was like, go with the club as a young boy, too. So mm-hmm. that that increases the pressure then because you think, well, fuck, I might make it this time. You know, the family's there. And as you said, the family are huge range supporters. And his mate, he says that his mates used to be the ones that sure that says to him, oh, what happened today or whatever. And Dean Shields says a bit like that as well. He used to get people saying, what happened today? Well, it's all right saying what happened today for us because we sit in the stand and we know better than them. You know what I mean? We've, we've never played the figure game at any sort of high level, but we know better than the guys that are out there with the jersey. And it's just natural as a nice supporter that we do that. Um, however, certainly speaking to Dean on a personal level, talking about his time at the club, talking about his time at Arsenal, at Hibs, Kilmarnock, all the way through, you know, he was a delight to talk to. And as I said, very open and honest. So... I would encourage him to catch that because he's a decent guy as Dean Shields and still talks very fondly about the club as well. We also have our, our, our Over the 90 Minutes pod, um, which I think Callum's going to be involved in on uh, Saturday uh, after the Coventry game. We'll kind of look back at Motherwell as well a wee bit um, and just try and touch because this is the last pod basically that leads into a pre-season fixture. The next pod would be that's the Bears Corner will be leading into going up to Pedodri and getting fucking dogs abuse for that. Well, we'll not get dogs abuse because I've been named it there, but then again, I never is named it at Pedodri anyway. How the fuck would I know the difference? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, so that's kind of, are there anything else you guys want to add in here? Anything else you'd like to say? No, I, I didn't actually realise Dean Shields was still playing last year. He's done all right there. <laughs> I thought he... Was he? Ah, he was playing, he was playing uh, Northern Ireland. Northern last Ireland. Year. Yeah. That's not good on him. I think he's involved somewhere coaching now as well. I think he's, I think he's doing uh, some sort of coaching role. With, it might even be the Northern Ireland girls team or something like that. I don't know, but um, no, it speaks about as well the obviously the working with your dad, having his dad as his manager and things. Is, you know what I mean? That's quite that brings itself different pressure. We were talking about holiday playing with his, his family's Rangers supporters. He played his dad as his manager, you know, you get you're not playing well but you're getting picked because your dad's a coach, you know, things like that they're getting shouted at him. So it's yeah. it's, it's you know, it's, it's decent to, to actually sit down and talk to a guy like that who's played at different levels throughout Scottish football. So that was really, really good. But MD what MD wanted to add in then no MD wants to see it and are we good to go? We finished, we're done, chucking it. All right. Smashing. Well Danny, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, the night I'm sure you'll be back on as well if you want to come back on, you might not want you might go fuck that, but if you don't mind looking at my ugly mug, then I'm oh, yeah, really welcome. But thanks for having me. Well, oh, the answer? What's that? Yes, oh, the teaser answer. See, oh, that's, how Callum, that's how Callum's here. He, fucking, he, he keeps me right. Oh. The last three clues, 
e poi Ma Triano sì, yes, the answer, I don't fucking have the answer <laughs> e, poi... The <laughs> e poi Triano 16 times for Rangers scoring 8 goals he won 2 Scottish Cups and 4 League Cups and he won 5 Scotland Cups all while he was a Rangers player oh. Callum's already said <laughs> nay and then they don't know the answer Danny, do we know the answer? Derek Johnson? It's no, but it's that either. He also, he also captained the club, which again, probably Derek Johnson would find that too, but he also captained the club. And I believe he took the captaincy when John Gregg left. I think John Gregg made him... No, was that Derek Johnson? John Gregg made captain? Can't mind, but the answer is Ali Dawson. Uh, I'll never go with that. Ali yeah. Dawson. Pass. Calvin, I'm going to beat you this week, and it's no satisfying as well. <laughs> That's what I thought it would be. Just fucking Aberdeen here. It's, it's getting <laughs> it's You need to get that qualification and get back to the road. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, it's which foot did uh, Moses McNeil kick with? When you were... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much uh, to Calvin and to Danny for joining us. As I say, catch up with Dean Shields Pod, catch up with Coventry. Over the 90 minutes, and then Pierce Connors back next week. Cheers. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.